Welcome to TradFi to DeFi, a community-driven podcast about crypto and decentralized finance. This is Tyler Sherwin, and I'm joined by John Tejan. Together, our goal is to teach, encourage, and inspire you to seize opportunities in this emerging world of DeFi. Let's get started. we go. Well, welcome everybody to our uh, weekly Friday call and uh, glad to see everybody uh, made it through the week and uh, we'll get going here pretty quickly. Um, And as everybody probably is aware, uh, the executive order was finally uh, put out concerning crypto uh, and how the government sees it and what their plans are. And uh, generally positive reception from the crypto community uh people you know really thought it was a a proper step forward uh there are other people who you know as with any issue were on the other side and i think uh what rich 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 dad poor dad what robert kiyosaki he goes ah they're just gonna now they're just gonna you know, uh, confiscate all the cryptocurrency and it's all over, you know, and I'm like, I don't know what he was smoking, but he must have looked at a different executive order. But uh, so I just kind of wanted to tee it up and everybody has their own take on it. And I just want to hear what everybody, uh, what their takeaways were. I've, I've followed Rich Dad, Poor Dad and Robert Kiyosaki for decades before I ever even knew about crypto. Um, and, uh, he was he was much more of a risk taker and i think you know i'm i'm in my late 30s and my father is almost 70 and i really do think kiyosaki is starting to track just about the same personality and perspective as my father just a bit more of a oh no the government's falling apart and sort of doom and gloom and i think that's actually a bit a, a bigger part of his uh of his uh you know his his base you know everyone knows their Everyone knows their audience. Um, I think he has a lot of great wisdom, but he and Peter Schiff, I sort of put in the same in the same camp. They're they're really strong, hard money people. Um, I doubt the U.S. or even the globe will go back to a fiat standard of true hard money. So things will only get weirder, and they'll probably only squawk louder. But I do think he's a little inflammatory. Yeah, he and he really. I had to look for negative comments about the executive order, and and some of them are out there. But his his is the most notable and got traction, at least in my social media space. So I thought I'd throw that out there. And and you know, from my you know cursory reading and absorbing what it said, it it is a fairly non-threatening executive order. It's. Uh, I think that's why everybody was relieved there was no uh, negative uh, light put on crypto other than when it's used for illegal activities. And that's their main focus as far as enforcement goes is in that direction, at least from what I, I from what I read. Uh, I'm, I'm, I, I can I can be I can be bamboozled, too, but it just seems like uh, from what they say, it's uh, it's it's fairly positive. Yeah, I I, I think that. Um... Probably most meaningful, one of my uh, best friends is a centralized finance or, you know, a traditional finance. He's 
he's a um, our RIA and owns his own business, and but he uh, functions under Satera and uh, utilizes Fidelity and a few other of your largest largest centralized finance institutions. And you know, six months ago had literally you know block orders saying you're you're not allowed to put any of your clients into raw crypto assets um literally just two weeks ago got uh, messages saying hey we're doing webinars to educate on bitcoin and how to give your clients exposure so in my opinion um you know don't don't get shaken out at the bottom i think when we see organized finance and sort of traditional finance go through a true adoption phase, all of us are going to be very uh, rewarded. That's my position. Yeah. And I think, I think that's true. And I, I did read and you know, and they're not anybody of note, just people in certain forums that I'm in are just very suspicious of the government and, you know, it's going to turn out bad and, this isn't going to be good, but uh, you know, frankly, from the reading of it, and I haven't read any response from any of the legacy finance or institutions that what they thought of it. But certainly, it's got to give them a little bit more of a green light, especially if they were holding off, waiting for this executive order, and going, you know, I don't know what they're going to do. They might, you know, they might shut down stable coins. Who knows what it's going to be? And now that it's fairly, you know. Uh, uh, a tame executive order, I think that's going to give these institutions a little bit more uh, encouragement to get into the space. Anybody else have any thoughts on that generally? Um, I guess they're going to study it for 120 days or 90 days and then come up with recommendations. So I, I don't see anything happening in the, uh, in the short term and, and, you know, I just looked for some reaction in the market, and it was a little bit of a blip after it came out. But uh, you're kind of reverting to mean, and uh, we're just kind of in the same uh, churning, churning lower in some cases kind of market. So that's kind of what it looks like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, long term bullish, and I thought it was really great for them to come out like that and and just recommend that there be a consortium of, of regulatory uh, commissions that really start working together, you know, and, and I was very um, encouraged about the CBDC portion of it as well. I thought that was great. Um, overall, you know, as you, as you were talking about uh, Kiyosaki and, and Schiff, it's, it's, you always need a, uh, <laughs> So what who's taking a contrarian, right? Taking a contrarian view. And so um, I have noticed that Kiyosaki has uh, his message has shifted and become a little bit more inflammatory, as you as we would put it. Um, but, you know, overall, you know, I thought this was, was really big for crypto and especially with all the naysayers who are doom and gloom. And, you know, especially when we consider the sanctions. Uh, for for Russia, you know, one point that no one was really speaking about was the initial sanctions. You know, everyone was worried about cryptocurrency used for to sidestep sanctions, but you know, when you look at the amount of capital that Russia needs, you know, they they can't use crypto anyway. There's just not enough liquidity for them to, to run their entire uh, economy off of it. 
And then, and, and what I was going to mention earlier with the sanctions, you know, one of Russia's biggest, their biggest bank was, um, was, was initially mentioned in sanctions. So it's just, um, it's fascinating how crypto is always the uh, redheaded stepchild uh, when it comes to, when it comes to uh, these, these, these geopolitical conversations. Yeah, it always gets thrown in there depending on the, the bias of the commentator or writer or source, you know, whether it's a positive or a negative thing. It's kind of, it's, it's an interesting issue to be in it, at least if I want to call myself on the inside, at least I'm aware of the industry on a day-to-day basis, so I'll, I'll, I'll put myself on the inside. And then people who just commentate from the outside and not have that good of a grasp of what it actually is. And it's just, uh, it's just sloppy reporting in many cases. And that's not, that's a, that's a disease of our time. It's really difficult to find a real, uh, a well-written article on literally any topic, <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's, uh, and the crypto media is, is just the same. And it's, uh, there's still a lot of headline clickbait and then you get into the story and you're like, that's not what it said. And uh, it's just real disappointing when it comes to reading news because it just doesn't seem to try to even be truthful or to the point. So uh, a little bit of a rant there, but uh, yeah, it's a little disappointing. It's- Welcome, Moby's Mint sixteen or six twelve. Uh, I haven't seen you in here before, but welcome. Yeah, um, just to sorry, I couldn't get to my uh, <laughs> my mute fast unmute fast enough. Um, but yeah, when you talk about about shady, uh, let's say shady reporting, but uh, reporting that misses the mark rather. Is anyone see that wrecked article about Phantom? No, I haven't. So in classic style, it was just really. You know, it's a really great example that this article came out, I believe it was yesterday morning. Um, <clears throat> and they were detailing how how Rekt was sorry, how Phantom has been using their their. Here it is. Uh, I'm going to post this in the, the chat. Uh, Phantom has been using their their treasury uh, in very nefarious ways. And they were saying this is how we've documented all the, the transactions and looked to be a really great piece until everyone started to respond to it and uh and it, it turns out that they were completely wrong and they were just you know adding the fud and, and had really no clue what they were talking about but to their to the, in their defense they uh immediately responded and um on twitter saying wreck wreck got wrecked and they apologized for putting out the the bad piece of news but I mean, I just put it in the, in the chat. So if you take a quick look at it, you can see they, they talk about transaction, correspondence, and just really a step. Oh, they took it down, actually. Okay. Um, so it says page not found. I wish I would have took a screenshot of it. Um, I did. I, I think I did see, at least on Twitter, a, a meme or a headline about wrecked gets wrecked. I didn't go into the go into the depth of it, but so that so that's the the the. the the gist of it, huh? It's a poorly written article uh, about Phantom, and then somebody straightened them out. Yeah, yeah, per- precisely. Um, you know, they they were saying that the I think it's we 
as we all we as we both know that crypto doesn't <laughs> has this is definitely a fair share of rug pulls and uh nefarious uh pseudo anonymous coders and developers and um and I think they were really charging against that and especially with um Andre leaving you know DeFi uh you know it's very strange and leaves a lot of these you know yearn some the solidify um sorry solid uh solid decks um and a number of his other projects in limbo you know i, I think um that really dovetails into phantom uh and, and it's a lot of uh, i think if, if anyone's been long phantom and, and has a position in phantom I, I think everyone's been asking you know, what should they do about it you know you in one hand you can't leave you can't leave a uh, entire project entire protocol because you know one developer leaves uh, but at the same point in time as we all as we're evaluating the, these protocols and their worth you know they need to have solid use cases right and so um and so i mean it's just fascinating seeing the development of, of news how fast it comes out and i really do uh understand how, how wreck could get this thing wrong but uh i mean it how many times have we all been wrong in crypto and, and missed a key part? So, but it's been, it's still been a fascinating week, nonetheless. Yeah, I, w- I was going to bring up Andre leaving and just kind of talk about that generally, but you're right. These are fascinating times. I mean, it's painful on a couple levels, financial being one <laughs> for, for some of us, probably most of us at this point. Um, you know, but just seeing, you know, whether it's Wonderland and Danny or Andre and his project on Phantom, you know, that lead developers, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm starting to be of the opinion they should be, you know, seen and not heard. It's like you should just, you know mixing a public personality or a social personality on a social social media and also being the brains behind the project i mean not everybody's elon musk not everybody can pull that off and in crypto it's just it's just wrecking people whether andre leaving caused uh you know solidex and that whole project just kind of uh uh, a lot of problems and you know I've, I've read a few articles about it but you know it's man it, paying attention to you know when it when the, the the term do your own research i mean it's never ending it's never ending and you're always learning something new about what's important about a protocol and you know in the past two or three months the developers are in the spotlight, you know, and are they developers or are they just social media uh, personalities? So uh, it's crazy. Oh, absolutely. It's, um, you mean, you said it right there. Not everyone can pull off what Elon Musk has done. And even Elon has contributed to a lot of uh, volatility in his underlying stock. Uh, but then, you know, one thing that is interesting where I don't really know where I come off on, on this argument, but, you know, if most of difference between a lot of these protocols is marketing, right? And so I remember back, um, back I think 2017, it was Sia Coin versus uh, 
uh, I don't think it was Filecoin. It was another distributed computing project. Um, and at the time, I believe Sciacorn was farther along with their with actually developing their their technology, but the other protocol had better marketing, and that's the one that you know did a ten x a hundred x move. And so you know if I'm holding the bag of, of something, you know, it's I mean how it's just about finding the right the right guy, right? The right spokesperson who 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 will be a steady hand, um, and also who has you know. Uh, overabundance of, of character as well, right? Yeah, and that's, you know, and I, I'm thinking back of, or uh, thinking about what investments I still have that I hung on through this uh, this rather difficult period in the market, you know, but and and speaking to that point, uh, you know, I'm as everybody knows, I'm, I'm big on fracks. And and Sam uh, Kasmanian, I think is his name, is the developer for that. And he's always on Telegram. He's always polite. There's no drama. There's no rah-rah. There's, he won't talk bad about other protocols. He's like, you know, yeah, they're doing the same thing as, as we are. I hope they're successful, you know. It's like there's enough pie to share with everybody and uh, – he seems to be a really nice guy, and if he turns out to be a shithead, pardon my French, I'm just really going to be disappointed. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's very true. Only time will tell, right? Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I, you know, because actually I, I didn't know much about Andre until he started his solid project, and, you know, he was doing that with Danny until Danny obviously dropped out. Um, and I was real interested in it and, you know, I kind of got to know him, listened to him talk on a few interviews, really liked him. And then, then, then he, then he, then he quits, you know, but, uh, from what I understand he's quit before and, uh, he may reemerge, but, um, I don't know. You just, you just put hope in people and, uh, maybe that's just a mistake to begin with and just kind of let it go with that. You know I mean? Goodness gracious, it's uh, it's a little more than uh, more that I can take a few times in one year. But you know, that's 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 some that's something I guess that I didn't really experience or haven't experienced that much in the traditional market, or maybe I'm not thinking about it the same way. Um, certainly, you know, there's luminaries like Jack Welsh, and you know, who made GE and you know Neutron Jack and. Uh, you know, and uh, he was able to last out his string and retire a, a wealthy man with lots of accomplishments. And, you know, there's many other CEOs, obviously. Right. But, uh, God, it's crucial in crypto because it is such a fragile and, and new industry that uh, it does serious damage. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's it's almost like if like, Bill Gates or Steve Jobs in you know the early '90s were just to call up and quit. You know, it's <laughs> it's it, it's shaking, and you're absolutely right. It's been it's been a it's been a long three months of this year. <laughs> it's it's been painful, and and to tell you the truth, I, I actually. Due to, due to misfortune, I would say, because uh, of the losses I took on other 
projects I was invested in, I was I didn't have enough dry powder to invest in Andre's project, and I just kind of I didn't put in I didn't out I didn't put in more capital. I kept my level at the same, and uh, avoided it. Fortunately, you know, because I I really was interested in it. I just I just had nothing to allocate to that space, and so I just watched from the sidelines. And uh, I guess it's just kind of the way it goes. Don't you, don't you think that, that that is the problem? Like the one that we have right now is we think that it is his project as opposed to a whole team, right? Like, just, like I, I was just uh, just coming back to what you guys were talking is like if it's Steve Jobs would have quit Apple, well Apple is still Apple and it still has a bunch of um, a bunch of different team members that just keep running with the um, with the company, right? But like. In crypto, I feel like we just put too much weight on the one developer and it's his project. And so, well, of course, if he if he just calls it quit and he just just quit cold turkey, just leaves everybody like, okay, so what is going to happen? Because I think the Phantom Foundation, I think they came out and they said, hey, you know, he's just the one, just one guy. We have another 50 developers working on on this project it's not just him uh managing everything so i just i just think we put too much weight in in one person like vitalik or andre or whatever right because when he came out with wi-fi i remember it was this big thing and it was andre and he just he kind of became the meme and everybody would just Oh, he just came up with a new project. Oh, I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna do any research. I don't know who is his team members, but Andrew is behind it. I'm just gonna go ape in this thing. So, I, I don't know. I just, I think it's, it's good to see it happen. Um, it's not good that, that he just left and he just left everybody, um, holding the bag, but I don't know. I think we just put too much emphasis in just one person. I don't know what you guys think about. Yeah, I, th I think you made a really good point there, and I think that's kind of the that's the crypto. Uh, uh, what am I saying? What I'm trying to say that you know, just the average crypto user, I think, and investor, at least on a retail level, which is where you generate most of the social media fud and and all that other stuff, I think is. Uh, relatively immature investors for the most part they probably didn't you know haven't been investing in the traditional market for 20 or 30 years so they're going to react that way and unfortunately people lose money because of that and for you know for apparently no good reason sometimes so i think you make a good point we it's an overreaction when uh, uh, a single developer leaves and, and, you know, it wasn't all that important. And I guess that just to kind of maybe hmm, we, we always talk about DAOs at some point in the, in our weekly call, but is that since it is such a, you know, there's not one personality behind the DAO. It's kind of spread across the entire community. Does that insulate DAOs from this particular problem the particular problem of having you know one um what they call that charismatic leader right right i mean it's just the thought i i just thought of that while we we're looking i was like well dow's really you know yeah they have people that put it together and maybe the founders or the 
people that came up with the concept, but largely it's a self-run uh, community of different people. And, and, and the thoughts of, like, like uh, Miguel said, you know, Apple is Steve Jobs. It's still this big corporation that still churns out product and innovation without him there and maybe that's a, a positive in the in the in the column for DAOs that it, if especially ones that are mature and are, are self uh directed uh yeah i think i think that may be a plus in their side that uh you know avoids this kind of problem yeah i think um i think especially so there's there's two kind of Schools of thought, uh, two ways in which I think about this. One is in the short term, charismatic leaders are great because they provide that, that vision in which the entire team can get behind. And so you get a massive amount of leverage, or even if, uh, yeah, as everyone always speaks of Steve Jobs, you know, his uh, distortion field, right? Uh, reality distortion field, where he was able, where his people said, no, this can't happen. Um, we can't get this thing done. He would push them to get it done. Um, which I, which I think is great, where it is you're setting, where you have this leader who's setting this vision for the future. And then having this entire team work towards building it. And throughout that, that work process, there's all this additional knowledge of, and, and intelligence that's built into the processes of how the team works together, how they come up with an idea, right? And that's the, almost the Pixar effect, right? Where they have an idea of how they build things, which is great. Um, and so... To take a step back to answer directly the question and, and what you're amusing about is I think in the short term, not a problem, right? Because there is a number of ideas that envision where, where you've already been marching down a path. And you say, oh, we have all these great tools. We can put them together. It's going to be great. And we can do this next thing and climb this next hill. Um, however, you know, and this is the thing that I've been watching with, with Apple, which I've actually been very impressed with, with Tim Cook over the past decade is uh, noticing their innovation, which I thought would be more product as, you know, Steve Jobs was a, a really great product guy. Um, Tim Cook has built an entire ecosystem um, around these products. And that's been, it's, that's been the way in which he, he, he's, he innovated, right? And so, but I don't think we see a lot of that long-term um, throughout a lot of different stocks as we notice a lot of companies, you know, Sears is a really great example. They were a behemoth, you know, maybe 30, 40, 50 years ago. Um, and now, you know, I believe they've been in bankruptcy maybe three times over the past, you know, decade or, or so. And they're, they're struggling to, to, find their, to find their way back in, in that vision. So long term, without, without vision, um, I would be really bearish of these protocols. Um, but in the short term, I don't think it's a problem. And the only other point I would bring up is that when we look at the top 10 coins or the top 20 coins every year, how we see so, so many of them had a lot of promise and they're no longer there, right? Yeah, and I guess I guess that kind of, uh, you know, and this is a great conversation, by the way, and everybody else, please jump in. Um, but as when you look for, look, you know, Crypto is so new. As you look down the road, and the founders, and a lot of them are developers, I guess. Uh, you know, how do they transition out of what they do? How do they get new blood coming in, new innovation? 
course correction, you know, like you said with Apple, you know, it, it went from a product-based business to an ecosystem and building out from there. Um, you know, crypto is so early on that we haven't even gone through that wave of succession of found, you know, because a founder and a developer, I mean, they they kind of have all the DNA of that entire protocol built in, you know, and if they just up and say, I quit, you know, well, guess what? A lot of their net worth is probably tied up in that project. Um, so that may, that that's going to be interesting how that trend, those transitions are managed in the, in the, in the future. And, uh, which is something, something to be aware of, I guess. Agreed. Can I mean, you guys hear me? Yes. Okay. I wanted to say one thing because we got on the subject of Steve Jobs and we said, well, if he left, I just wanted to remind everyone he did. You know, no, he, I, I was, I was going to say that too. He, yeah, was he, with, he was with Apple and left. They floundered some, but did okay. And then he came back. So, um, you know, even, even traditional finance has gone through some of these, some of these transitions, but just to get back to the, what really got us on this subject, my personal opinion, simple concept. I think it's super important we don't get too infatuated with the leaders or the single the single individuals um, driving a project because um, you don't want to put your faith in a name for too long. What what we're doing in crypto, we're basically venture capital investors. Um, almost anything you're doing in crypto, you're a venture capital investor. So in my opinion, you know, you got to sort of manage the, okay, what's the, what's the market sentiment and the hype, but also, you know, what's the delivery, what's the actual use case, what's, you know, what's this, um, what's this a project actually delivering now or soon will be. Um, and so the one funny thing about crypto is, it's like a VC space, yet you have like constant liquidity to jump in and out if you want. Whereas like your traditional VC space, you know, you're sort of locked in. Um, but either way, those are a few of my perspectives. Don't, don't put too much faith in just one leader. Make sure you're evaluating what the market sentiment is, not fully only on that, but also especially what's the project actually delivering or will be soon. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. And, and that's, Absolutely great advice, you know, but when I, when I, when I sit back and I, I compare my investing career, if you want to call it that, uh, uh, prior to crypto, you know, I had a good 20, 30 years in before I started looking at crypto and the unique thing now is, is just the flow of information through social media you almost can't avoid those personalities or can't avoid being influenced by those personalities because that's a large source of your alpha, a large source of your news is coming through social media. And we, as we all know, social media is, you know, it's a, it's a two edged sword, right? It cuts both ways. So um, there's, yeah, you've got to be super aware of that. And it's really hard when you're just breezing through your Twitter feed and read, no, that's interesting. That, or, Oh, that's something somebody said. That's wow. He's really on the ball on that. And you get, you get, I guess you just have to be a savvy 
social media consumer because it is such a powerful medium that you can be influenced really easily by those personalities. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, you know, it's a really great point because I don't think we've ever been able to interact with, you know, CEOs of, of just across the board. Right. Ne never, never. The closest you get is on an investor mm -hmm. call on a, right. You know, mm -hmm. with, uh, when they're releasing quarterly results and anybody that's listened to those, those are pretty manufactured, man, you know, uh, and you don't, you, you do get the sense of the personality of the CEO, uh, some of them, and some of them, it's just like so boring and so boilerplate and they're not letting anything out of the bag. Well, which, you know, they kind of can't, I guess, but, um, yeah, this ability to interact with the, the CEO of a, uh, multi hundred million dollar protocol and, you know, uh, and they respond to your question about their business. It's no, that's never happened before. There's a certain degree of manufacturing even in that space too, though. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You just, you just have to tune your, your, your BS detector a little differently between the two spaces. But uh, I guess the same, uh, same standards apply, but just being a little more aware, especially, you know, since social media is a fairly new phenomenon, even though it's been around, uh, you know, quite a while uh, in one form or another, but it's, it's extra potent, uh, you know, just like TV was when it first came out, right? It was a super potent way to advertise and get your point across that, you know, you know, my generation, you know, I'm, I'm the baby boom generation. We were raised on TVs and it was pretty damaging actually. <laughs> a little bit of a side note um, before, you know, we can continue talking about this, but I, I found something interesting is uh, uh, I was disappointed to see with DuckDuckGo, the, this, this, the uh, search engine, uh, you know, are uh, they're blocking website i guess website access to websites in their search algorithm that are i guess russian based and so on and so forth but you know my hope is DuckDuckGo was completely uh you know non-political or non-affected by world events and just kind of it was a search engine with no bias in it but then you find this out and it just uh seems like certain things are just crumbling from the maybe the facade of 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 social media and the internet and stuff like that. They're just follow it, falling one by one. Are you, I, I missed the DuckDuckGo uh, news. And, and so are you referring to the Russia? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they, I guess they're blocking uh, search results from Russian websites or something like that. I'm, I, I, I just, they were, they were being heavy handed and, and taking a, Taking a stand, uh, taking a stand in one way or another that is political, regardless of whether ninety nine point nine percent of the world, you know, sides one way or another, it's still a political statement that you just don't want to see from a search engine. You know, I mean, we all know the power of search engines. You know, we were talking about the power of social media. You know, search engines are just as powerful with their algorithms to. Uh, 
conform to what they want you to see or what you like to see and, and creates your own little mini bubble. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, so I was a little disappointed to see that. And, um, you know, I don't know where else there is to go to the next search engine. Yeah, that, that is true. It is, it is interesting seeing entire, uh, so many corporations take a stand. Um, especially when you see, uh, I mean, Visa, MasterCard, they shut down a lot of stuff. Um, a lot of banks have stopped and, and closed. The McDonald's said they're closing their their stores. A lot of these multinational uh, corporations are um, really letting it be known um, of, of where they where they stand. Yeah, I, not not to get political, and I don't want this to be taken as political, but you know, um, during wartime, they. Uh, you know, people always complain, and rightfully so, uh, that civilians get killed, and there's collateral damage because of the military's imprecise way of handling itself, and that's just the nature of that. But, you know, what's the collateral damage of shutting down a financial system of an entire country just because the leaders suck and are doing bad things? The collateral damage is monumental on the average citizen, which I just think is not thought through and they don't give a damn really because they're making a political statement. You know, I'm right there with you with that. You know, uh, one of the things that, uh, that came out during the news was the, uh, I guess only fans, you know, the, their, the uh, performers were unable to uh, get payment. Right. And, and, and the article spoke about how they were, some performers saying, I don't know how I'm going to pay my rent this month. You know, I, I have the money on there. I've earned the money. I don't know how we're going to actually remit payment and, and get it over there. And so, you know, that sort of, when we have these global platforms, it, it does make the world just that much smaller. But then the, I guess one great question or, or one salient question I would have is that it, it and this is why, Almost, I would hope that every country's leader wouldn't be would, would think about their their population, and I I'm saying this in the sense of I don't quite I don't quite truly understand the motivations. Um, I know what was said about the invasion, but when I look at everything that's happened, the, the level of preparation, I, I feel like I don't I still don't. Get it. Some things are just very simple, I'm sure, but uh, I'm not sure about the, the chaos that's been unleashed upon even Russia's own populace. And so, and, and, and I want to turn this back to a question of almost decentralized or centralized. I think that's the heart of what we want to talk about here. You know, is, is if I'm McDonald's or I'm any protocol, uh, even, you know, how much. How much, how much, how much of the responsibility uh, should we should should these protocols and, and businesses take um, when you know when that's literally literally the their president's job is to work be a servant leader for his people, um, and so I, I don't have an answer for it. It's just 
it's just something that I, I wrestle with as I, I sit around and think about this, this decentralized versus centralized and, and when does that line, uh, you know, when should, when should be centralized uh, businesses or, or centralized uh, organizations act? You know, when should they be political versus not political? Uh, I, you know, I, don't, I don't have an answer, don't have a, a great framework for it, but certainly have more questions than answers that I put it like that. Yeah, without a doubt, um, I, I just it just makes me nervous. And I know mainly talking about centralized exchanges, you know, like, you know, you see that, uh, you know, Coinbase, uh, you know, I guess banned, if you will, the trading of certain wallet addresses or something uh, associated with suspected russian oligarchs or suspected nefarious characters and it's uh and uh you know uh, you have to take them at their word that that they're doing that uh, in good faith and I, I i think they're doing it in good faith but it's like there's no court to say give me back my money out of my wallet that you locked up on Coinbase. And what proof do you have that I was, you know, I mean that whole judicial process of proving uh, that somebody's a bad actor when you're basically locking up their funds or denying them access. I mean, uh, I know banks are able, have been able to do that, but that's usually at the, at the will of the government, I think, as opposed to the will of the bank. Um, you know, I know they're charged with being, uh, you know, uh, keeping track of their customers with, you know, KYC and know your customer and make sure you're doing business with legitimate people. But uh, it's just uh, it's they have a lot of power uh, and I guess it's becoming more and more apparent. And I, and, I, and, and to, 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 to put this back on a, a crypto footing. Uh, you know, people are like, well, this is great news for, for crypto because it's showing the weaknesses of a centralized system. And, uh, you know, OK, but is there any act? Is there any movement in the market to say that that actually is changing or is this just, uh, you know, lessons learned? And, you know, next time around, we're, we're going to have our money in crypto instead of uh, a Russian bank. And we're getting down to the end of the hour. I don't want to uh, stop discussion on this point, but is there anything else in the news other people are seeing, things people want to talk about? Uh, the, the, the floor is open if you want to talk about anything. Um, yeah, I guess the one thing that I saw that I just want to flag for people, I threw it in the, the voice chat. Um, Bessemer VC, they're a 100-year-old uh, VC uh, company. Um, venture capital company, and uh, they're recently just launched a DAO, and so they're going to uh, they raised about two hundred and fifty uh, million dollars to do Web three related um, investments, and so and I just it's just really fascinating seeing that that as we were just saying earlier, how crypto is essentially a, a VC. No matter which part of crypto you land in, you're essentially a VC. Right. And, and it's interesting seeing that that some of these guys are getting it and they're slowly coming on and use, coming over and using some of these crypto native technologies to uh, to organize. I thought that was very interesting. 
Yeah, I just uh, I just kind of uh, looked at that uh, that article, but that that is a good point. You know, it's, you know when somebody's especially somebody that's been in the business as long as they are, I don't know much about Bessemer, but uh, you know maybe they're maybe they've always had a, a high tech focus and uh, you know on innovation. I don't know, but uh, that is that, that's really interesting. And, and I saw that other uh, uh, article you post about Avalanche uh, uh, starting to uh, with that. I think it's, it's two hundred fifty million. I don't know how much money it is that they have set aside for funding, uh, you know, uh, metaverse subnets, basically on Avalanche. Which uh, we need to get somebody on to talk about Avalanche and talk about subnets because I've read a little bit about it. Um, I kind of understand them, but I, I, I think there's probably something I'm missing about it. But uh, they're really, they're really trying. That's their next move is into subnets, and and it's always been part of their roadmap. But now it's uh, now they're actually uh, putting some development money out there. It looks like. Yeah, it looks like it could be it could be huge. It's one of the I think the biggest uh, bull cases for Avalanche. In general, you know, being able to process different data at different costs, it, it just it's it just makes sense. Um, I think we all have that same experience when we're trying to get an NFT and you know gas is super high. We're like, I'm just look, I'm just trying to mint an NFT here. I'm not trying to save the world. Like I just want my my fuzzy bear or my you know board ape or whatever it is. And uh, it's fascinating to see that uh, see that happen. Yeah, it's it's probably I have to say, and I I started you know looking at Avalanche last year when we got a, an airdrop from Leo and he uh, got a setup on Pangolin and that was my introduction and uh, you know it doesn't hurt that there's some Avalanche people in the Telegram and and a bunch of good folks and it just seems like a a, a well run blockchain. I like the innovation. I've made some money. Uh, uh, absent Wonderland, by the way. <laughs> but uh, I really, I really, I really like their approach, and uh, uh, I, I hope, I hope it keeps going. Because I tell you, right, with I, I do have a little money on the sidelines that I want to move in, uh, and gas is so cheap now. I don't think there's any news there, but it's it's super cheap compared to what it was during NFT mania when you know gas was. 250 guay or whatever it was you know it's down in the in the the low double digits so uh at, at times during the day but uh i'm looking to probably move some more money across the bridge over to avalanche uh and and, and kind of follow that subnet story me too man me too um, well, well, what it, what what I've always had money in was Trader Joe, and I don't know if I talked about this last week, but uh, you know they changed their X Joe, which was their Steak Joe, to S Joe, which now they're now instead of being paid out in the native token, you're paid out in USDC, so you're getting paid in a stable coin, and uh, I like that. I mean, it's it, obviously I'm. A, I like stable coins. Uh, who doesn't? Uh, <laughs> in the in these in, in these trying times of uh, you know 
20% inflation and uh, the market's down more than 20%. So it's, did, uh, did any of you guys take part in the Wonderland rage quit? I did not. Yeah. I read about it after it closed and I was like, I think I might've done that, but I'm still in. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm still in and I, I'm just kind of, it's almost like I just turned my head and I just, I just want to wait. I just wish it was six months into the future and all of their problems are either I've gone to zero or it's gone back up or all the problems are gone because it's, uh, it's, it's, it's tough to keep up with, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm still in. I'll be in probably until, you know, it goes to zero. I don't know. But uh, hopefully they get their legs back under them after this raid quit, op- quit option has been exercised and uh, they, ba- they, they go on to bigger and brighter things. Smart. Yeah, can't wait to see uh, what, what happens to it. It's funny to see, to think, uh, you know, after this, this huge upheaval in the, within the Dow market, there's still some really um, good Dows that are out there. I I was sent just the other day, BitDow, um, where I, I, apparently for existing token holders, as new tokens are minted, it's uh, non-dilutive for them. And so uh, it could be interesting. So, so just really checking it out, but um, it's something I wanted to put on, on the map for you guys. Yeah, that that's the holy grail right there. <laughs> it's not getting diluted when you when you when you when you buy in or stake or or get into a, a situation because that that's always the problem. And the the APY is great, and then it just slowly collapses on you, and then the coin goes down, and then it's like, you know, it's it's yeah, just same thing over and over again. And uh, but. To be truly non-dilutive is, uh, is is kind of the holy grail, I think, and I, I I'll I'll have to look into it, Dustin. And thanks for that tip. Pleasure, man. Oh, and speaking of tips, I don't know who's in the Chicagoland area, but um, I just put in the voice chat uh, the Terra Hacker House. They're doing a month long a month long hack- hackathon where uh, they'll do fireside chats. They'll bring in. Um, you know, people, uh, just guest speakers, et cetera, et cetera, and walk you through, you know, how to code, how to understand uh, Terra and different projects and and help you try to contribute to um, a DeFi landscape. That's awesome. I, I wish I was in Chicago. That'd be, that would be awesome. Yeah. Um, and, you know, love to see if anyone has found any uh, grants or anything as well for chat out of DeFi, uh, I've been keeping my eye open. Have, have you seen any, John? No, Bradley keeps posting a few things, but I haven't seen anything that really fits or that's really calling my name or our name, I should say. So, but uh, yeah, hopefully everybody keeps an eye out on that. Very cool. Anything else yeah. you guys been seeing, I guess, lately? Not, not really. I've, I've, I've kept my uh, kept my exposure limited, and uh, I I guess I'm a little bit hesitant to pull the pull the trigger on anything new. I'm just kind of uh, reinvesting in the same things that I've kind of my my core positions and and new positions are almost non-existent. Uh, 
So I, I, I probably should do more research and, uh, and not get, not get hung up on who the developer is. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of in the same camp. Just, uh, just keeping whatever I, I have and, uh, the projects that I have invested, I guess I, I am, um, just long term, so I don't care if they are 60, 50, whatever percent down, but I'm also not uh, deploying very much right now, except for whatever, just keep buying the usual ETH and whatever. But I would be very interested in the in the Avalanche subnets. Like I'll be I'll be interested to learn more about that. That would be awesome. Well, maybe maybe we can get. Uh... Get get a guest speaker in and uh, for a Wednesday and kind of give us you know a, a good background on that and uh, and hopefully get us up to speed on that because like I said I feel like I'm lacking a little bit there um, and it'd be nice to have somebody explain it to me instead of reading through 500 tweet threads that kind of explain it. <laughs> I yeah, love it. That'll be great. <clears throat> I I appreciate everybody that puts the uh those threads together on on Twitter, but it just still seems like too much of a reader's digest version of things, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess I'm showing my uh my age there by even call, saying reader's digest, but uh <laughs> that's just life. Um but yeah, I'd like to learn more. Same, same. Count me in. Whenever, uh, maybe we get DK to do it. Yeah, I think I think he should be up for it. I, I think uh, most of the Avalanche people are fixing to go to. Uh, is it Portugal where they're having uh, the Avalanche? Uh, their their big uh, get together over there. I think in 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 Portugal. I think. Uh, here in the next week or two, so they'll probably be traveling. But uh, maybe we can snag somebody and uh, and get a get a good uh, good background on that. So I'll, I'll talk to Tyler and see if he can he knows anybody we can line up and 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 do that. But uh, oh yeah, well we're about at yeah Barcelona. Uh, oh yeah, it's Barcelona. Okay, yeah, I think Lisbon was last fall. I think for them. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, but I, I wish I could go. I'd love to go to Barcelona. It'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, we'll go ahead and, and I guess wrap it up uh, for today and uh, hang in there, everybody. Uh, we'll be back next Friday if there's anything Tyler and I can do. And uh, uh, keep an eye out on our uh, YouTube uh, our YouTube channel. We have uh, we just cut a, a video this past week. And uh, and Dustin was on it, so Dustin's our first guest, and so he can uh, y'all can watch him in action, and uh, it was really an excellent uh, experience. And I'm sure Dustin will uh, will say it was easy. Hey friends, Andy here. How you doing? Good to see Sorry you. About that, guys. In this video. Just going to YouTube to find the uh, the channel. <laughs> That's cool, man. That's cool. But yeah, uh, we'll and we'll have more guests in the future, and uh, uh, because we want to get members of the community involved and uh, get to know them, and uh, get let the larger audience get to know everybody. Uh, and so, you know, with Tyler and I, I are are here 
to help other people where we want to give them a forum, a spotlight, an opportunity, uh, you know, that uh, that people may be looking for, especially people transitioning. So it's all good. And uh, so I'll wrap it up for this week. And thanks, everybody, for coming. And uh, we'll catch you next week. Thanks, John. Thanks, everybody. Sounds good. Thank you very much. You guys have a good weekend. You too, buddy.